Hey, balls and magic. Welcome back to how to be queer podcast. I'm Alex Vaughn. And your pronouns are they, them. Hey, hey, I'm Kim Salvaggio. (laughs) And um, my pronouns are she, her. Welcome back to how to be queer. Back to how to be queer. We are sponsored by Youth Scene Black Pride Colorado. Go over to their website at youthscene.org and hit that donate button. Give them some love, throw them some money and support LGBTQ youth and their families in mental wellness. Hey, we are in, we, we are in the home stretch of these, this series. Yeah. Is this, I'm going to give you a sports reference. Oh, okay. Sports ball. We're round in third. Right. And, 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 and for those, for those who are stranger thing fans, we're like at the point where we're like, what's our name with like our headphones and all we're listening to is we are running up that hill in, in, in rower speak. We're in the final 500. Oh, oh. So we, I gave the sports ball reference and you're giving the rowers. We're giving our song reference, Kate Bush running up that hill. We got strange things. Any other references we want to give people? Um, Rosie, you got anything to go to share? No, no, Rosie, Queenie B over there Queenie is just B. sitting us like, when are you two going to be done with this bullshit? Somebody, right bed. somebody needs to pet my head and like feed me chicken nuggets. <laughs> Rosie, what's she doing, girl? Okay, there she goes. She's back down. Oh boy, Captain Underbite is passed out. Chad, he did three keg stands this morning. He's fine. <laughs> hey, did, did you want to give people just a little bit of a, a heads up? Because we are going to be talking about some stuff that might not feel good. Yes. Yeah, so on a more serious note, uh, trigger warning if um, this episode is going to discuss various aspects and of uh, uh, domestic abuse, financial abuse, uh, abuse through the legal system, um, abuse, uh, psychological and verbal, mental. It's okay to skip over us. It's okay to take a bite at a time here. Yeah. Um, You know what? In two weeks when we are are back, I guarantee you we've got, we have been cataloging all the crazy shit that that happens to us around being queer. Yeah. We've got like a list going, like we are, I think both you and I are ready to like finish this one and be like, and get back to our normally, you know, programming. How does that feel to you? Gritty joy and, uh, you know fun, playful. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say like that one, the Kate Bush song. Um, and I, I think everybody in the, in the world knows this song now, but one of the things that there's a line, a line from it where she, she, you know, she's, she's obviously singing about like running up a hill with someone like we mm-hmm. keep running up this hill. We're running up this hill. We're going to, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But there's this one line in the song where she's like, we have thunder in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that line um, is going to forever remind me of you and me going through this process together of like, just kind of that thunder in our hearts, like just, just, you got to just keep going, just keep getting up that hill. Um, and we're, we're getting close at this point. So where we left, um, listeners, where we left you last time is we're about to get a CFI report, which stands for child family investigator. It's weird because the report is supposed to be in on one date. And then we're somewhere at like, six weeks and this thing isn't showing up. The court has that the judge has to do two orders to -hmm. try to get this, um, report. You know, it's, it's just, we're waiting, waiting, waiting. We finally get it. Yeah. Alex, how did you feel when you finally get this report after being investigated for months? Uh, initially a, a lot of relief. Yeah. Uh, validation. Um, I also felt like, um, 
that I couldn't quite let out completely. Because okay. I was like, okay, this is a great, this is a great step. We're not done yet. Don't get too comfy. So the report is overwhelmingly in your favor. It is. Which is not a surprise um, because yeah. we know, we know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And we know the home that we provide. We find out in this report that the, 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 the investigator finds that, and some of what is a little bit relieving in it is we, we see um, because he interviews the kids. Uh-huh. Um, he sees where the kids are living. Um, he sees the environment in which they're in, which we have never really been able to have a, a look into. Mm-hmm. And it on the surface, everything is okay. Yeah. When they're when they're over, when they have time with dad and they're over there. But I'm gonna set this question up for you in that this is a two-parter question. Okay. Okay. So over before you get the report, after you get the report for years. There's been um, a lot of suggestions to you from him Mm -hmm. that you are not mentally stable. Mm -hmm. Um, How many, or can you describe for us a little bit, uh, like how how often would he tell you that? What types of things did he tell you? This is ex-husband. Like what did he, how did he categorize your mental health? You know, I will say during the marriage, um, I, I, I don't know because I know that there were ways that I was undermined um, and controlled constantly. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to really recall like exact moments or, or, a, or a number, but definitely once I started to tell more truth and to anchor myself into, no, I, I actually know who I am mm-hmm. and, and I've, I've fought really hard to understand myself. Um, then it became um, really uh, worse, um, or or I was finally seeing it. Oh gosh, that's a mind fuck right there. Yeah. Okay. So it was it was literally in front of my face, but it, and and then he would he would like you know put it in texts and emails of like I just think that you know you're really unstable and you need to get yourself some help. So once I left the house and I basically said I'm done with all with all of this. Um, I mean it was you know. It's been over the years, multiple tens of times. Yeah. And then once this, once, and we'll get to, um, but, but, but in writing, especially this, this period of the summer, right before the trial, how often were you being? Oh, and then brought two months up to the, up to the, before the trial, it was like almost every other day. Yeah. Yeah being told what you borderline personality disorder because of your personality disorder, unable to see things, unable to do. Yeah. Um, and, and so what I would, what I, I, what I, at least I know I did a fist pump in the air when I read the report, what did the report say? That mother is appropriately and mentally um, fine for parenting mm-hmm. um, capabilities. And what did it say about father? Um, father, not so much. Yeah. Father exhibits, um, struggled it frequently at times, chronically, um, complains of, you know, that, that he's made, he's not so stable. I I, want to say like, as your partner, that was one of the parts that, you know, you read these reports and it's, um, a lot about, you know, houses and cleanliness and the, the, are the rooms decorated for the kids? Mm-hmm. And it's, but then you really start getting into the meat of it. And it's, 
it is said in black and white, mother has all the physical and mental capabilities to take, to care for these children. Yeah. And when it came to father, it talks a lot about the level of anger he displays at mother and that that could be a sign of an underlying mental condition. Yeah. Like I don't wish a mental condition on anybody. Right. Like yeah. I, I, it's not like I'm sitting here like, Oh, please let him have one. Like, believe me, that is the last thing we want. Oh, totally. <laughs> but I did kind of fist pump at that. It felt to yeah. me like validation. How did it feel for you? Yeah. Same. I think here reading the words, you know, that he's provocative, badgering, confrontational and aggressive to the point where, you know, it's like mother doesn't need to interact with father at all. It actually says that. In and the it literally says that. So like that was very validating, like, thank you. So now you all are going to do the things that will help me not have to interact with this person. It was really the first time I think there was an outside person validating mm -hmm. what your experience has been. Yeah. And even as late as the report was, it was like, okay, all of that we went through was worth it. Just to get that report. Just to get that report. So unfortunately though, the one thing that happens when this report comes out, because it comes out weeks before the trial. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason it does that just for people, if you, if you are going through a process like this, sometimes information is power. The reason is because that is really what judges base their decision on. Um, a child family investigator is a third party that is um, completely impartial. They don't know anything about the people involved. Um, you can hire CFIs that have um, like a, a degree in child psychology, um, which ours did. Our CFI was chosen um, by your ex-husband. So it was somebody that he felt was qualified to make these. Um, it's not recommend. There's some recommendations, but observations. Yeah. And, um, and he wanted to hire a psychologist who was also a CFI because he wanted to get me diagnosed. Yes. He was hoping that the CFI was going <laughs> to diagnose you with a mental disorder. Um, just out of curiosity, some of the stuff that we did find out eventually that he had supplied the CFI with how it was, how much, it was how much stuff it was like hours of video. I'm going to throw a creepy flag it, on that. I mean, it's yeah, creepy hours of video. It was like, you know, my social media, you know, accounts and videos and podcast episodes, like nothing to do with the kids. But everything to do with you. Everything to do with me. Talk about a telltale sign of where we're headed. Right. Um, but essentially, you know, for, for folks that are going through the this this process, the reason that the CFI report comes out weeks before trial is because the judge needs time to sit with it because they typically, and as your judge in this case had said, he was going to base a lot of his decision-making off of the CFI report. Mm -hmm. So- we were coming off of this report and it's like, yep, here it all is in black and white. And can you describe for us a little bit, the CFI report comes out, mm -hmm. it's overwhelmingly in your favor. Mm -hmm. And what, what does that do to his behavior after this report is out? How would you, how would you say it changed? You know, I use the word empower because I'm going to take that, that word back. It emboldened him to actually double down on more abuse. <laughs> like, Hey, I wasn't doing quite enough good of a job before. Let me double down on this. It was like, I won this, the CFI report proves it. I won. You are horrible. That's what he read in the report. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that 
that's not what I read. No. And it's, it's, it's very clearly, but that I think when you like, you need to explain that a little bit to our listeners, like why would, why would both of you read that report so incredibly differently? Um, off the top of my head, I think it's, you know, when you lack the ability to self-reflect, um, he's just gonna, he's gonna pick out the things that will, uh, that do not involve him. So he will point the finger project out of, you know, um, of all the ways that he believes can be manipulated or twist to get me. So this is the part too, that for, for, I guess as someone who was really rapidly trying to catch up to understanding how abuse works, this is the part where, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, it's in black and white. This person has is saying like, mom is doing great. Dad, not so much mom. You shouldn't come into contact with him. His anger is chronic. It's a frequent, um, it is, it is starting to look like it is that there is an underlying mental health concern that's here. And you would think this is the thing, this is the thing that's going to wake this person up and realize what's actually happening. And then they say, oh no, everything's in my favor. And I'm just going to keep going on my reign of terror. (laughs) And not only that, I'm going to turn it up a notch and be even more Mm -hmm. abusive. Mm -hmm. That, that, that's part of the abuse though. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, um, I think this is where this, the system, our legal system, the court system, you know, how the nuances of emotional, you know, psychological, like it's still, the courts are really kind of far behind still. And, and, um, you know, there's this old narrative of like, well, the kids need to have both parents involved in their lives. And so having a report like this, you would read it be like, oh, you know, it's, it's a little disorienting because it's like, you know, father is, is clearly unwell, mother is fine, but yet somehow we're going to still make them work together. Well, I remember when we were going through this, one of the things the CFI kept saying is good enough. Yeah. Well, he's, he's good enough. Yeah. And that, I mean, we could, we could go a whole other episode on what that says of where, what is our, where is our, 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 our ruler here, our, our measurement of like, what is good enough versus when we actually need a parent to disappear? Because yeah. I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like I don't take light of situations of like where kids are facing abandonment by parent, because right. that is horrific. Yeah. But where do we draw the line of like a, a person saying, well, they're good enough which yeah. is basically what the CFI kept saying to us. Yeah. He's good enough. Can't you figure out how to work with him? He's abusive as fuck, but, but he's good enough. But it's, he's good enough. He's not actually leaving bruises on anybody. Isn't that good enough? <sighs> I mean, th- your point about like how the court system works, like I felt that was what I felt like we're looking for good enough here. That's yeah. our, that's our measurement. Yeah. I, I mean, I just hope over time, like the courts learn more about, um, covert emotional abuse and can kind of like identify it a lot easier. I would hope so too, because what, what is eventually going to transpire at the trial to me was unbelievable. (laughs) Um, but essentially, yeah, he, he's like, Oh, cool. I wasn't, I wasn't dark and and scary and creepy and abusive enough. Thanks report. Let me go even further is is basically so over and to, to give people an idea of like where we are time-wise, 
and also to just give a little bit of information on explaining the process, even if you are signed up for trial, mm-hmm. um, you can at any time settle out of court. Yeah. Like you, and that is kind of what everybody's hoping for because you, you really don't want a judge to have to decide your life. Yeah. So as you're rapidly approaching trial, you're like, what, maybe three, we're three weeks away from trial. Mm-hmm. So Alex, I want to ask you, um, to share with us a little bit, you know, because you can settle out of court mm-hmm. at any time, right? Just so people understand the process, like even though you're signed up for a trial, you don't necessarily have to go to trial. It can be, it could be settled like hours up b- b- before the trial is actually going to happen. And there's a couple things that are happening during this time. Um, there's a number of deadlines that you have to hit of tons of information that you have to supply and he has to supply. Yeah. Is he turning in any Which of this? He doesn't turn any of anything in. He doesn't turn anything in. Uh-uh. Um, but what he is doing is he's asking repeatedly for you to settle out of court with him. And he wants $50,000. Yeah. It's not really clear like what he wants for parenting time. Like that is still like, he's not addressing it. He's basically just saying, no, no, no. I'll take every other weekend. Yeah but I want $50,000 from you. So he doesn't want time with the kids, but he wants money. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, to acknowledge the elusiveness that, that um, he doesn't actually ever commit to anything. So he'll list out like his, you know, quote, his, his, like he charged my lawyer feet, like, or said, you know, here are my fees. And then added up like all this time that he'd missed. And then, you know, then she takes the information and says, we're not giving you 40, you know, $50,000. And then he writes back, I accept your offer of $50,000. So it's this whole manipulation like (laughs) process where he's never going to actually say, give me this because that would actually be fucking manipulation. Well, or, or or sometimes we call that extortion or extortion. (laughs) Right. And so then they, they lead you, they lead you into this place of like, wait, what the fuck? And my, and my lawyer was like, if I wasn't aware of, of how this works, like this is really fucked up. But in, and this is where I kind of want you to, to, to really kind of like dig in and give us, um, because it's not just trying to manipulate you of, Hey, I want $50,000 and here's my charges. And Hey, thanks for accepting this, which of course we never did. Yeah. But there's also this, this, underlying thing that's happening that every time he's asking for money, he's also doing something else. Can you describe for us a little bit, like what he started to do to try to get out of going to trial? Um, well, a little bit like, where do I begin? He tried to, he started to like, uh, one thing was go to everyone around me that, mm-hmm. um, my, my community, um, the, the friends, my jobs, things that he knew about my life that he could somehow twist to scare me out of following through and going to court. Um, which believe me, like along the way there were, there were moments where I'm like, well, can we actually like, just like settle this? And then it always just came back to, nope. You can't. There's, there's, the truth has legs. There, there is no, there is no resolution with someone who's committed to chaos. And, um, so I wasn't, I had to just remember, like, hold my ground, stick in, 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 in what I know is true. 
and you're, you know, this is all smoke and mirrors. You're not going to get intimidated out of being out of, out of wanting, um, you know, some free out of peace and freedom. Yeah. And I'm going to be really like crystal clear with our, with our viewers and there's our listeners. And there's a number of reasons why I want to do that. So some of the, and I'm going to just condense some of, because it's a lot that he's sending you. Yeah. He's sending you things like, why don't you tell me what happened at your job from 20 years ago? Um, why it did this happen at your current job? Why have you been ostracized from certain communities? Um, it's, it's all of these projections Mm -hmm. of making you think that there are these, like that you're this bad person Yeah, that he's essentially going to expose if you show up at trial. Yeah. Like there's some kind of yeah. Threat. And he's saying, saying things like you will be under my direct personal cross-examination. And so, and then at the same time saying, but send me $50,000 and we'll settle this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could use the word blackmail here. You could use the word extortion. It's very clear that he is, he does not want to go to trial, right? Yes. He's doing, he's throwing everything he can at me to not actually not actually go to trial, but, but twist it that I'm the one that wasn't, that, 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 that doesn't want to go. And I'm like, and I get to the point where I'm like, Oh no, Oh no, motherfucker. Like we're all in, we're going to fucking trial. And that's what I want you to talk about for us a little bit, because, you know, because, and, and to your point, it's not just happening to you that you're getting these, um, these questions I'm getting them. I'll talk about that in a minute, but people that you've worked with, um, people that you're connected to. He's also sending threatening things to them. He started threatening your lawyer. Yeah. Um, to the point where the Colorado Bar Association had to tell him to stop. Yeah. And the kids is like kids as therapists. Like he just, he's doing all sorts of shit. But essentially like what we start to figure out is he is trying to terrify you from showing up at trial. Yeah. And so, you know, as you just said, you're like, oh no, I am going to show up. How did you, like, what do you think got you to the point where, because I want to be really, you know, clear that this is, this is part of the abuse, Mm -hmm. right? You obviously had a lot of access to things and to money and to a lawyer and to mental health. And, you know, we talk about access a lot on this podcast. This is why access is important Mm -hmm. because if you didn't know that you had these things that you could go to a lawyer to fight for you. A, a mental health therapist to help you see this abuse and what was happening. Like you could be really in a dangerous situation mm-hmm. where someone is basically saying, well, just give me this money and I won't expose all of these things about you. Yeah. Which again, I'm going to say, it sounds like blackmail and extortion. I'm not a lawyer, but yeah, it's, it's incredibly, it's, it's the tension is just, but how do you think you got to yourself to the point where you're like, no, I'm going to court, motherfucker. You can't scare me out of this. Yeah, I think um, my belief system of valuing the truth, and it's it's evolved over time. And I think part of as a queer person, I'd already gone through a, essentially like I'd fought myself for for forty years, and then you know not kind of like trying to avoid who I, who I really am. And then getting to the point where I'm like, um, you know, just, I'll just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'll, I'll bring it back, but like, just to kind of share 
um, the process of like that resilience building. So through an like being an athlete, but also I had already undone myself like where I knew as a person who I was. Yeah. And so I was essentially was like, I've done this cycle before. I know how to stand in, in some really hard discomfort. I've unpacked myself. I know who I am. And I'm, and even though you might try and you're going to try, I, I, I'm not going to get knocked over in the way that you are hoping that I, I will be. And so I'd had a lot of practice, um, purpose kind of like coming back to over and over again i value the truth what is the truth and so you like i built this resilience up so by the time i i got to you know hearing all of his his constant like the relentless the emails and the texts and the messages in the last couple months leading up to the trial i was like it i won't lie like it it hurt and it was really hard yeah but i always came back to that is not the truth Right. I know who I am. You're not going to scare me anymore. I'm not even going to like tell you to your face because it doesn't fucking matter. No, what, you, what you think of me doesn't fucking matter. And, and um, yeah, that felt really powering. Yeah. I, I have to say like, you know, I, I hope our, our it, it's hard to sometimes make some of this stuff like come to life on a podcast. Right. But yeah. we're talking about at this point, it's sometimes multiple times a day Yeah, that there's communication coming where it is questioning things from, uh, you know, 20 some years ago. Yeah, It's, it's manipulating situations to paint you as some type of predator. Yeah, It's, it's sending things to me, insinuating that you're having affairs, mm-hmm. um, that there's things that I don't know about you. It's, it's, it's relentless is the only word. And, and you have, you've talked before about like the, when someone is relentless like that, like that is, that is where some people, and I, and God, I say this with full empathy, but you just can't stand up against the cadence of things that are being thrown at you. Yeah. And I think what really, what I would, I would come back to a lot too, is that like, I'm just as relentless as he is. He just doesn't realize that I'm operating from a completely different platform. Yeah. I'm coming from the place of, oh no, I will be relentlessly still standing, you know, <laughs> still standing. I'm going to pursue, but I'm, what I'm going for is truth and authenticity. And it's very cliche, but it's also just, it is true. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, pers- I'm going to commit myself every single day to unpacking what, what is love and what is connection and what is authenticity? And I'm constantly, I want to stay curious about all that stuff because it's going to evolve over time. And then when you're shown, you're smacked in the face with someone like you are relentlessly only out to, for revenge. You're, yeah. you want me, you want to get me, you want to get me. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't work that way. No. And also like to your point, like getting you, that's not why you're going to trial. Yeah. But he is behaving and operating in a way like not turning in his documents. Mm-hmm. He's and like, this is where I'm like, I, I just want to say like two things about this. Like, number one, it reminds me so much of Donald Trump, <laughs> right? Where Donald Trump basically like they would get up and just tell a lie, a bold faced lie. Mm-hmm. And they just keep telling that same lie to the point you know, and I'm going to like remind everybody, like, remember Sean Spicer and oh, the, yeah. the inaugural pictures 
where it is clear in the photographic evidence that there are not as many people at Donald Trump's inauguration that were at President Obama's. Mm -hmm. And they just kept saying the same lie over and over and over again. You got Kelly fucking Conway saying, well, there's facts and then there's alternative facts. No, there's not alternative facts. Mm -hmm. But his behavior reminds me so much of that because you it's a lie and then it's a lie and a lie and a lie and it's relentless and then it's the same person mm -hmm. who's looking at the evidence you're looking at what the CFI report found you're looking at the fact that he's never committing to anything that he wants with childcare yeah. he's not turning in any of the documentation like he believes you are going on trial for these lies that he believes yeah and he is going to keep spreading and saying those lies at a cadence that is just relentless and exhausting. Yeah. And you have to just, like you said, you say it so well, you just had to keep standing there in your truth. Yeah. And what was really, really um, learning uh, that how dangerous um, someone like him is because the lie after lie after lie becomes the truth. Mm -hmm. And so having that stability and resilience to be like, that is not the truth. Which is what makes you a badass, right? <laughs> Can I also just name like the privilege and assumption that he is able to move through life as a cis white male and mm -hmm. a system that was like, oh no, we're just going to keep letting him go. Mm -hmm. We're just going to keep letting this go and letting this go. But it's also like this to me is sometimes how privilege, how privilege works, privilege and entitlement works. No one has ever held him accountable. Yeah. There's no accountability for him ever. And so when you are of an identity that accountability is not really a thing for you, right? You are just <sighs> given credence because you are the way yeah. that you show up yeah. and and let me like spoiler learning accountability is going to come in hard and fast here pretty soon. Um, but the way of like, well, I don't have to turn these documents in. I don't have to do any of this. I am not on trial here. I, and all of my, you know, identity here and putting this person on trial. Yeah. He's deciding that he is deciding that I am on trial. That is privilege and entitlement at its finest Yep. to think that he has the right to put you on trial. And to just keep operating in that way. I'm also going to name for our queer folks out here. This is one of the times where being queer gets really, really, really fucking scary. Yeah. God, fuck yeah. Because you have to walk into this having no idea whatsoever if the courts are going to be biased against you because you are queer, mm -hmm. because you are of a transgender identity. Mm-hmm. We know how bias works. Mm -hmm. We know that sometimes people are completely unaware of the fact that they have it yeah, and how that could be pushing decision-making. And we do know that white males still have an enormous amount of privilege in this country. Yeah, And he is taking the full stage to take advantage of that privilege. Yeah. And our, I mean, obviously I won't drop names, but like our CFI was a white male. Mm -hmm. Our judge was a white male. Yeah. And I was like, please, just, just please help me. Yeah. Oh, that I know. And I got to like breathe through that for a minute, but okay. Putting us back <laughs> because the, the month I, I will just share with folks when we're talking about the threats that come, one of the things, and, and this is just because we get so much love from our listeners yeah. on here. Uh, you and I obviously have a very deep 
bond to each other. Mm-hmm. And he completely underestimated <laughs> that bond. Yeah. And how do I know that? Because he started sending me emails saying that he was informally investigating me. 17 a, questions. 17 questions. He would like to informally investigate me. And I'm just snarky and an asshole enough that I was like, I'm going to need you to define informal investigation <laughs> before I answer any of your questions, which of course he could never do. Right. He also told me that, you know, the first thing you learn when you run in legal circles is you can't give legal advice. And I was like, hold my drink. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Google lawyers, <laughs> first of all, you are not a lawyer. So anything you would be telling me would not be legal advice. Secondly, if I wanted legal advice, I'm pretty sure I know where to go. Lastly, it doesn't seem that you have the ability to tell me what an informal investigation is, but you can send me your 17 questions and I'll take a look at them. Folks, I had no, absolutely. I, there was no way in hell I was going to answer any of these questions because I don't have to, but I did want to know where he was going with this. So of the 17 questions, that's yeah, go ahead. The level that he was trying to threaten me, my job, um, different aspects of my job, things that aren't even in my job, like do I have what are my what, what, can I defend my quid pro quo hiring policies? Folks, I don't hire, I don't have hiring policies, I don't hire. <laughs> that's not my job. Um, but he also was sending me pictures of my daughter again. So I, I know I threw my creepy flag earlier. I'm just going to like pick my imaginary one out of my pocket and be like, it is so triggering when you are the, the, when you are a mother that people are sending you pictures of your children. Yeah. Um, I can't, I, I, this is where I start to worry about myself and that what I would do to a person if I feel them threaten my child again. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm almost there. Yeah. Like, you need to stop sending me pictures of my child. Um, but in the, what I really more than anything feel in this is that he was trying to put a huge divide between you and I, Yeah, he was insinuating to me. He's asking me weird questions about cars. Who's driving what car? Did I know that somebody was driving the same kind of car, but a different color than the one I drove? Oh, I think this is what her name was. Maybe I'll put her on the witness trial. I'd like to add her to my witness list. And, you know, it was so obvious what he was doing. Um, He completely, completely in a pathetic attempt here was thinking that he was going to create some divide between you and I, which that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. He was trying to paint you as a predator and somebody who was dishonest. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like, well, I'll just ask you these questions on the stand and I'll just bring in these people on the stand. And I'm like, this is really interesting why you keep trying to get out of trial. And again, like I would love if there's a lawyer out there listening to this, we never asked our lawyer this, maybe we should. What is the definition actually of blackmail and extortion? Mm-hmm. When you're sending people threats like this, I'm going to put you on the tr- on the stand. I'm going to bring these people out. We're going to expose all of this about you. Or you could give me $50,000. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that seem pretty... I don't know if you, if you have any information on that, you know where to reach us. Yeah. Okay. So Alex, and of course, folks, I never answered any of these questions. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have zero time for this bullshit. Well, as soon as you didn't fall for the, the, the delusional reality, he was like, we're at an impasse. Oh yes. He told me that we were at an impasse and he would see me at trial. I'm yeah. like, yeah, we fucking will motherfucker. 
So Alex, what were some of the other things he sent you? I know we had a weekend of a, of, of you kind of got like a mixtape. <laughs> I'm not kidding folks. Yeah. He sent me a song. I even forget what it was called. Do you remember? I don't know. I believe know. I've sufficiently blocked that. From yeah, I just blocked it too. <laughs> I, I even forgot that he sent me, but it was, it was a text that came in that I hadn't gotten text from him and God knows how long I'm like, why am I getting a text from him? And it was like song lyrics where about, you know, he was considering self-harm. Yeah. Which again, like I, I would never want him to do that. Um, I, I, I don't want anybody to ever harm themselves. I would like him to wake up to fucking reality. Um, but the song lyrics that, that sent a little jolt through both of us because mm-hmm. we were actually, were really scared that he had hurt himself. Yeah. And in, in, in a way that's yeah. Part of the manipulation, part of the manipulation and the abuse. He's fine folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, talk to me a little bit because now we're, we're, we're a couple days away from trial. You've gotten 18 attempts to settle out of court. The price has never changed. It's, it's roughly Mm $50,000. It has been a cadence of telling you multiple times a day that you have a personality disorder, that you're mentally unwell, but then the, 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 the trial is on Tuesday, Friday morning, you get a really, really specific email. Yeah. Do you want to share it with everyone? I do. Um, so this, this was sent directly to me. Um, He's making predictions. I dare say I'm going to make some predictions prior to trial. Let us see inside, in hindsight, how accurate may I be? So he's, a, he's addressing it to my lawyer, but he's also sending it to me. Number one, your client will wear their spiffy blue suit paired with a full face of makeup. I actually wore green. You looked lovely, With honey. a full face of makeup. It was delightful. I thought you looked sexy as hell. Thank you. Um, number two, you will fumble your way through the mass of talking parents' evidence. <laughs> Um, <laughs> number three, your parenting plan, which is in stark contradiction of, to all the doctors, uh, CFI, I'll just say, um, re- recommendations will not be selected. My parenting plan in accord with all of the doctor's recommendations will be selected. And, and to this point, we still, he doesn't actually have a plan. No, there's no, no, there's no plan. No. Okay. His, his plan, uh, uh, what we know so far is that he wants most of the parenting time with all of the decision-making. <laughs> Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Good luck. (laughs) Number five, (laughs) your client, that would be me is absolutely atrocious in real time without an ally to hide behind. Spoiler alert. (laughs) alert. I'm actually pretty awesome. Number six, the judge will call us to the bench. He's very, you know, you can't handle the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Judge will calls to the bench to discuss your early, your early legal improprieties and your (laughs) recent legal improprieties. Google law school, Google law school. (laughs) I'm a lawyer. Number seven, whether I am allowed exhibits or not, I will be just fine. Which spoiler, he didn't turn his shit in. He was too busy trying to get you judge. May I quote judge. The trial just really snuck up on me. Oh, we're going to get there. We're okay, get sorry. There. Keep going back to the yep. list. Number eight, if I chose not to call the doctor to the stand, your party can be responsible for paying for the entirety of his court appearance. Well, there is something new because mm. we pay for fucking everything already. <laughs> yeah. Number nine, your paltry attempt to overturn a CFI report with hearsay evidence will fail. Number, number 10, whether this Tuesday or in the near future your client will be imputed at an amount much to your party's chagrin. 
Dun, dun, dun. Number 11, if you are placed in the stand. So he's saying that he's going to put my lawyer on the stand. Google law school. Google law school. It will be a certain, it will be a trial that remains in your memory for quite some time. It might also lead to an actual state inquiry. Oh, for heaven's sake. Number 12, a year ago, I deserved summer co-parenting due to right of first refusal. I still do. Would that be the summer that he abandoned his kids because you didn't give him what he wanted? Uh, Yeah. That he threatened me repeatedly. Yeah. That time. Refused to get them childcare, you know. Okay. Number 13, have you not tired of their long rambling emails? Have you not grown weary of rationalizing their bad behavior? Have you not chafed at risking your reputation for them? Wait until you disappoint your client in court and their personality trait of vitriol turns on you. (laughs) I wish you were making this up. You're not making it up. I should make a Halloween tape. You should, but this like this came through on Friday morning, and we looked at it, and we're like, "What?" The fuck? Yeah, I emailed my lawyer. I'm like, "Well, how about that?" We've got our predictions, and guess did what? You, did you get your love letter? <laughs> I got mine. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I <laughs> when we say like you read these things and you live these things, and you're like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And especially the last point of your client is going to turn on you. I'm like, Mm -hmm. let me just bring folks back a couple episodes ago where when he didn't, when his lawyer didn't do what he wanted, all of a sudden that lawyer was gone. Yeah. Um, He either fired her or she fired him. We're still not sure, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, he basically accuses you of everything that he does. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We kind of that mirror, buddy. How's that mirror, buddy? We kind of laugh that one off, but you know, so now we're still in this weekend and and it's coming and this is going to forever be known as the Sunday that I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It was like a clown car. (laughs) 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 You know, the, the, the really fun part about him is that when, you know, schedules with soccer games and stuff like this gets super challenging and he basically forgoes all of his parenting time the weekend before trial. (laughs) Yeah. So Friday night, um, he's like, yeah, I can't make this work basically. Yeah oldest had a game and didn't show up. So he doesn't show up. He, he, he says, I'm not going to do any of my parenting time. And he thanks you for it because it gives him more time to prepare for trial. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Like, I'm going to be like, Oh no, don't give him more time to prepare. <laughs> What's going to happen to me? I'm so weak. Oh, can I send you that $50,000 now? Let's just stop all this drama. Well, he decides again, hey, I haven't acted quite crazy enough. So let me just double down on that. And I wake up to a text on Sunday morning. The kids have soccer. And he says to me, I can't wait to spend the day with you. Can I ask you some legal questions? Yeah, I didn't answer that text. But we get there in person. And what does he do? fucking beelines you would have thought he had a jetson's jackpot (laughs) (laughs) he saw me and was like (laughs) (laughs) he's running over to me 
He's like, uh, excuse me, good morning. I'm going to spend the day with you. And I have a lot of legal questions for you. Yeah. Again, I'm like, you, you think we're going to help you motherfucker. He's like, here, hold my drink. <laughs> um, no, you may not ask me any questions. And he was like, Oh, okay. Scurries way to whatever yeah. sewer he slithered out of. <laughs> so, but again, folks, I think the purpose of this weekend was to show us how fucking crazy he can be. Mm-hmm. Do you want to describe what that day was like? Because it's going to end it, 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 it. Go. I mean, he's, he's at soccer with us. He's clearly not getting the rise out of us that he wants. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when I guess I want to paint a little bit of like, so we're all at the soccer game. Um, it puts, it always puts the kids in the middle Yeah. when we are in the same space and I, and we are there for the kids. And so littlest is watching um, the older oldest one play, o- older one play whenever the little one knows, you know, they come over to sit with us. Well, he does not like that at all. And so little one comes over to me and says, Hey mom, I want to get some snacks from the, the vending machine or and it needs a chair. So I'm like, Hey, I have a chair in the, um, in the car. Now, if you actually co-parent with someone, you could both be in that same space and the parents would both parents, you know, it doesn't matter who, who, you know, you can take care of your kid. So I say, yep, let's go to the car. I'll get you a chair. So we go to the chair or we go to the car. He sees us walking together. He decides to follow us and trail us in a parking lot in a parking lot. And it's extremely uncomfortable. Um, little, Little kiddo was getting, um, distressed, begins to cry, asks, why is dad doing this? Um, I just kind of hold my line. I'm like, Hey buddy, we're going to go to the car, come back. So we come back. He corners us against like, tries to corner us against the fence line and will not leave us alone. And I'm like, can you just give us some space? We're going to come back to that later. Um, that's me being nice. Like give us some space and trying to also not cause like a huge scene. And he just, it's harassing. It's intimidating. It's um, physically blocking your way, physically blocking our way. Our kid is, is getting very upset. um, And he's totally oblivious of what, what this is doing to our child. You eventually got around him. So I eventually, so I stop, I turn towards kid, hug kid and say, I'm here. I'm not going to tell him it's okay. Cause it's not okay. I'm, I said, I'm here. I pause, I breathe. I see, um, our, your dad over off. Um, my dad, this is, yeah. Yes. My dad is now, I was in the bathroom when this happened, Your dad, but had, my dad is, a, is standing up walking towards you because he's seeing what's happening. And he, yeah, he walked over and he's like, I watched the entire thing. And, um, I see him, I'm like, we're going to, I'm thinking I'm going to turn. I'm just going to walk right past him and just get back to our seats. So we do, we get back to our seats and he then takes that opportunity to sit down next to me and just starts, <laughs> I, 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 it just starts saying, I'm, I deserve this and I deserve that. And why are you not encouraging our kid to sit, you know, over with me? And, you know, I finally just look at him and I'm like, 
I, again, hold my drink. Um, I am not going to speak to you about this. Yeah. And I'm certainly not going to speak to you about this in front of the kiddo. Yeah. You need to stop, right? Like, please leave, like, no more. He then says, well, you have a really good habit of speaking for your spouse. Maybe they could speak for themselves to which you leaned forward in your chair and you looked at him like dead in the eyes. And you were just like, leave, like just go. So he slithers back again to wherever he came from. <laughs> I, I think it's the sewers. I mean, swamp. Um, what do you think? The, the depth of despair. And we right. <laughs> so we get we get out of soccer and then you would think like there's nothing left to possibly say mm-hmm. and he starts calling texting emailing calling or maybe he wasn't called but texting email texting email yeah. and it's just just more shit and it's just not stopping. Yeah. It's just, I think we actually, we ended up going and like getting some lunch. We were like, we got to just do something. But you know, your phone is like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. And it's just message after message of how horrible you are, how he's going to win, how he's going to annihilate this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I finally got to the point where I'm like, this is this has to be harassment at this point. Yeah. This man has been at our house filming us. This man has been filming us in public. He has been stalking us online. He has been over every single one of our social media accounts. It's been nothing but threats. And finally, I was like, we are calling the police. I am done dealing with his shit. Yeah. Here's what we learned. Police officer who was really, really wonderful comes to our house. We are able to show her all of the things. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, did you actually say the words stop? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah. Did you say those exact words or did you put those exact words in writing? And we had not. Yeah. And that's where I was like, I had said, I said, give me some space. And she was like, yeah, doesn't count. Doesn't count with guys like him. So what she was able to do, and this, I guess we mentioned is important for our listeners to know, you have to actually use those exact words and you have to put those exact words into a text message. Mm -hmm. Um, it has to be that specific. Um, she did feel that she had enough to talk to her Sergeant. She did have enough that she was able to call him and she was kind of like, she's really kind of cool. Right. Because when we were like, look, whatever happens, can you just get him to stop? And she's like, Oh no, he's going to remember this phone call. (laughs) So essentially she said to me here, hold my drink. (laughs) I was like, okay, she does call him. Mm -hmm. He sends me stupid motherfucker. One more text after that. Yeah. That said, ha ha ha, Kim, what you don't realize is that when this all happened today, you were in one jurisdiction, one, you know, area. And the cop that called me is from another, ha ha. Maybe the problem is you. And she's like, actually hold my drink. (laughs) And she calls him again. And so at that point we heard the most blissful thing in the world. We heard silence. Yep. That was actually what it took was two phone calls from a police officer to be like, we're really not fucking around. Yeah. Like knock it off. And then I got next day, I think it was um, a, a full description of his interpretation of what he heard from 
the officer. Let me guess that you're you're harassing him. <laughs> yes, and that the children would be escorted from mother of children's house back to father of children's house if you know a restraining order and all this i'm like he's just flipping it around so i'm like so this is what the what the police officer talks to you about and yeah got it so we're gonna show up at court now yep hell fucking yeah so you show up at court in my green spiffy shirt (laughs) i smell good too I'm going to read us through some of the stuff with court really, really, really quickly. Right. Okay. So just, just as a, as a, as a, a side fire, note, as a rapid fire, but just before court, he also told the kids that when they come to his house, they can no longer wear anything rainbow. They cannot have anything that has to do with an LGBTQ quote unquote lifestyle. And that that is a part of a socio-political agenda. <laughs> A lifestyle is like, let's go to the beach. He also tells child that we are fighting for decision-making, mm-hmm. right? That he will agree to her being put on puberty blockers, but he is going to put, keep her on them until she is age 18. Yeah. This can be a whole other episode too. Um, I'm just going to state really quickly to do that to a person, to keep them on puberty blockers until the age of 18. Alex, can you tell us what would actually physically happen to that person? I mean, it would never happen. I'll just say that. Um, It would cause all sorts of health problems, um, bone density, growth issues. Um, The blockers are only for a pause button until they're old enough, like around 13 or 14 for like the actual hormone therapy to put them in puberty. So it essentially would keep her locked as a child till she's 18, which is really fucked up. Um, My creepy flag's already been thrown. Like, I don't even know how many creepy flags. Well, I'm going to have to because we're getting to trial. So when you show up at court in your spiffy green shirt, spiffy green shirt, you looked good. Okay. We show up at court and one of the things I noticed was who was he? Do you remember who he was super friendly with when we got to court? The court reporter. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that's going to come back around? Yeah, it was a little weird. We walk in there and I'm like, is this, is this, is this flirting? Like what the fuck is happening? Why right are now? they so chummy? Why are they so chummy? We're going to find out. Yep. Alex, do you remember the first thing he says when the trial starts? So the lawyers do, op- well, lawyer does opening statement. He gets up there and says, hey, judge, trial really. <laughs> kind of puts his hands in the air and he's like the trial really snuck up on me mm-hmm. and i wanted to be like <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker are you serious right now you're really serious you yeah believe trial him. trial really snuck up on me and i didn't turn anything in guess what folks do you think the judge gave a fuck he's like um that's no excuse judge doesn't give a fuck oh of course i understand yep yep so one of the things too, like when he shows up at court is he is carrying what almost looks like, like a toolbox. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like it's a big plastic. It looks like a toolbox. Yeah. And he starts pulling out 
I mean, there was so much fucking paper stacked on that desk in front of him. And it does look like a real courtroom. Oh yeah. Right. Like there's the big, like Oak desk on one side and the judge is like up and over top of you and there's microphones. And I, I felt like I was sitting in a church pew. Like it's, you know, like it looks like a courtroom off of a TV show. Yeah. Um, and so his desk is like stacked to the high Hills with, with all of this paper, which I got a peek at it. It's all fucking handwritten. like a serial killer. <laughs> Fuck. So yeah, so he goes up and he's like, I, I don't have them to snuck up on me. <laughs> Judge didn't give a fuck. So didn't was like, I don't, you know, he was like, didn't turn in any of my financial documents. I mean, he obviously doesn't say this, but none of the, the evidence, none of the, yeah. Because Alex, he's not on trial. No. You're no, on trial. I'm on trial. You're on trial. Yeah. He's flirting with the court reporter. Let me just say it's it shit's fucking weird. So to take you guys through this, because we really only have to cover the one part, which is really fucking interesting. Stacks and stacks of papers. Yep. The CFI gets on the stand. The the he has no questions for the CFI. And the CFI mm-hmm. basically sits up there and is like, yeah, like if really it, it things need to go to mom. Um, confirms everything that's in the report. Dad's really struggling with anger. We're worried about mental capacity here. Mom, mom's got their shit together. Like, let's go that way. Um, your lawyer has me take the stand. And I got to state a number of things, which I've probably talked about on this podcast, which is, you know, listen, I've witnessed a whole bunch of shit that ain't okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I have filed reports against him. Yes, I'm aware that he's been filming us. Yes, he scares the shit out of the other children living in the house. Mm -hmm. I can only describe it as when I'm sitting on that stand, he's sitting across from me and he is giving me this stare where I'm like, first of all, like, you can hold my drink. Like you ain't going to scare me, Mm -hmm. but it is clear that there is rage in this person. Yeah. And almost to the point where like, you kind of look around you and you're like, is anybody else seeing what's happening at that table over there? Okay. We're all just okay with the raging person sitting at this desk, like six feet from me. Right. We're okay with that. We're okay. Okay. I should keep going. Okay, cool. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. So I get through all my questions from your lawyer and here's the thing. He has been threatening me for months with these Mm -hmm. questions under his direct personal cross-examination. Yeah. What do you, I I would love for our listeners to be like, what do you think he did? And he looked at, and you know, they're like, okay, it's time for you to Mm cross-examine. I have no questions. No questions. He doesn't ask me a single fucking question. And I will say that is probably when I was like, yeah, the fuck you don't. And I stood up and I went back to my seat. So now your lawyer has you take the stand. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. So um, I want to really break down that stare because it is, it is unlike anything else. Yeah. And, and in all of the things it's, it's just going to call it the domestic abuse stare. It's, it is kind of terrifying. It's subtle. There's, there's components to it. It's uh, subtle and unsettling. It's lo- very long and penetrative to break your defenses. Um, they don't have to actually be looking at you for it to have an effect. Um, the, the gaze is very intense. It's creepy and strange. Um, it's the only, it makes you feel like he's going to, you know, crush your soul. Yeah. No, no blinking can make you um, stare. It's followed by a random personal attack on an unrelated topic, which that's, that's a, a thing you just, you feel the hate and evil inside of them. It's predatory. It's like the amygdala 
very primal brain mode that they are assessing you of how they can, um, you know, take control of you. And it's a stare that sh- it shows how empty they are and says, I'm going to, I'm going to own you in some capacity. Are you okay? I am okay. I'm just, con- I'm, th- I'm going back to what this looked like. Right. Yeah. And and it is exactly as you're describing it. I'm going to make the comparison of, I'm not like when I moved to Colorado, I was like, Oh shit. Wildlife's like a fucking real thing out here. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. I came from New York city where I'm like, listen, our people in New York city might be jacked up, but like, you know what you're dealing with. Like wildlife kind of scares me because it's unfucking predictable. Right. And so I've always joked that I'm like, you can put me in a, in like a concrete jungle and I'll be like, Oh, I got it. Mm -hmm. You put me into the foothills of fucking Colorado. And I'm like, there's bears (laughs) and I'm a rattlesnakes and I'm a giant baby. Yeah. The only way I can compare it is if you're walking and you're hiking and all of a sudden you look up and there's a mountain lion in front of you. Yeah. Maybe mountain lions too cute. What's a really fucking ugly animal. Cause mountain lions, like they're cute. They got like cute little outfits. They're like a pretty color. And like, they remind me of the Nittany lion for Penn state, but like maybe like a grizzly bear, right? Yeah. Like grizzly bears are like not a, cute. Like a, I mean, an, a, like a predatory bird or I don't know, something, something, not, not something cute. like you got to imagine ugly. Yeah. Black eyes, black eyes. And like, you're walking down you're like, Oh, nature, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you're like, shit. Yeah. And it's like crouched down, eyes are locked on you and it's going to like pounce at any second. Yeah. Now, if this was Kim in wilderness with this, I would have been like, I am the fuck out of here. <laughs> like I would have been running up that hill, like yeah. getting away. But in the courtroom, it was more like, is anybody else seeing this? Is anyone else going to say anything? Okay. We just got to act like this is normal and not happening. Mm-hmm. But because he had been so fucking abusive leading up to it, I knew Yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, you want it? Th- oh, sweetie, this is not a good look for you. Yeah. This is not good. Like you are not going to, I'm a quote Beyonce. You will not break my soul. Yeah. It is not going to happen. So you can sit there with your stacks of paper, none of which the court's going to look at because you couldn't hit the deadline and you've got nothing. You don't even have a single question. You are that fucking spineless and pathetic. Mm-hmm. that all your little threats of me, it didn't fucking work. Yeah. And all you got is a stare. <laughs> oh, sweetie, you got to come at me with more than that. Yeah. And I think when, when my lawyer was, was questioning uh, when I was on the stand and I felt that from him, I mean, yeah, cause he's doing it now to you. Yeah. He's doing it to me. And I, and I, I knew in my gut, I was like, okay, he's staring at you to distract you to, um, knock you off your game to, um, control or somehow manipulate, you know, your responses or their, you know, make you not tell the truth kind of thing. And I remember looking over once and the feeling as I'm going to go emotional, like in the healing process that I've, I had done up to this point where like my body, like I wasn't nervous. My heart was not racing. I wasn't ready for like, am I going to be attacked? I was like, I actually looked over and I think I kind of smirked. Yeah, you did. Like, oh, okay. That's where you're at noted. And I brought my eyes right back over to, um, to my lawyer. And it just felt really, really good to be like, Alex, you did it. Yeah. Like you're up here and, and then knowing that later he was going to be questioning me, which we'll get to, but I was like, I got it. I got it. Well, and I think what's, what's 
just, and I'm sorry, the thought, like it kind of left me for a minute, but what, what is so astonishing about it is this is how white male privilege works. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because here we are, and there is a CFI report in front of this judge basically saying this dude, like, no, he has got chronic and frequent. That is the language that's in this report, mm -hmm. chronic and frequent anger issues at this other person here. Yeah. He has, he has not shown up with anything to be prepared for court. He is staring down your spouse on, and it's right in front of the judge. Mm -hmm. It's, it's obvious to anybody sitting in there. And I'm like, this is how privileged white male privilege shows up. It doesn't even occur to him that he can't show up that way because he can, he's fucking proving it. Mm -hmm. He is fucking proving right in front of us that this type of privilege, it really does exist. If that was a person of color sitting there doing that, if that was, if the situation was reversed and you as a trans person, especially a trans masculine person sitting there doing it, mm -hmm. I, I, a queer, anything, anything other than cis white male, Yep. Sitting in that courtroom, behaving the way he did, they would have been thrown out of court. Like, it is unbelievable to me that I'm like sitting here. I'm like, so no, no. Okay, cool. We're just going to roll with this. Yeah. That this guy gets to show up this way, but anybody else of any other fucking identity would have never been allowed to have sat there like that. Yeah. Sorry. Fucking shit pisses me off. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't apologize. Shit. So your your lawyer gets you up there yeah. and is like, Alex, I'm gonna take you through a bunch of things. You answer all of her questions. And now it's like, because I'm sitting in that courtroom and I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. This is the guy that's told you he's gonna have you incarcerated. He's gonna put you under his direct personal cross-examination. He has been giving you the fucking death rays all day from behind his little mountain of papers. <laughs> And you're sitting there and he grabs his handwritten notes yeah. and takes them up to the stand and he starts to question you, but tell everybody, describe what happens. Um, so I, I went into it um, very open-minded thinking, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Just, just roll with it. And so I forget whatever, however it started out. And I was like, you know, yes, no. And then it began to began to take a cadence of these, um, these, this type of questioning where I'm like, I started to elaborate and not obviously too much, but I wanted to answer the question. And then he would stop me and say, um, only yes or no answer, please. And he did that probably like three or four times. And the tension was fucking brutal. Oh no. He did it more than three or four times. He's, he set it up saying to you, Alex, you can only answer with yes or no only <laughs> because, you know, he's in control, big, bad Google lawyer here. Big bag, yep. And he's asking you these questions and sometimes it's not a yes or no, right? It's a, yeah. No so and, I had to resort yes to, and. yeah, I had to resort to, well, I don't remember or I don't recall like, but what he does is if you said anything other than yes, no, or I don't recall, he would say, excuse me, please mm -hmm. remember. Yes or no only. And he says it like that. It, it was almost creepy like, flag, creepy flag. yeah, I mean, it was almost like he got this one, one opportunity to, to, in his mind, control the narrative, you know, control the truth that he, you know, he was going to be controlling this story of, of what was happening. I'm like, well, I'm not playing into your game. Mm -hmm. And 
sure, I'll follow your 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 rules of yes or no. I don't think this is going to work out very well for you, but we'll let's go with it. Let's see what happens. So, Alex, do you remember how long this was that he had you on the stand asking you yes or no only questions? You, you know, you told me it was over an hour, and it was I over an hour, and I actually don't even really remember. It was over an hour of him sitting there saying, you know, do you recall, do you this, do you that? And it's questions like, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, but um, do you remember when the therapist called you about you having naked parties at your house? And all you can say is yes or no. Yeah. Right. So yes, I remember when the therapist did. And I'm like, he is such a little motherfucker in what he thinks he's doing right now. Yeah. He was very specific of like, I want you to remember the, this date time details. And I'm like, I don't know. I was busy taking care of the kids, which you can't say. All you can say is I don't recall. Yeah. Yes or no. So it's actually making you like seem almost like you can't answer the questions or you don't want to answer them. Yeah. And anytime you try to get a little wiggle room, He's remember yes or no only is, is literally how he's talking to you. Yeah. I have never sat through anything as intense as that. And I just remember I was sitting where you and I could make eye contact and it was just like, just keep going, babe, just keep going, just keep going. But then he actually makes, I don't know if it was a mistake or if he is that fucking unhinged from reality and understanding like, what the fuck? He asks you a why question. I know. It was great. I got to paint the picture, folks. <laughs> Thank you, universe. I need to paint this picture for our listeners because you've stuck in with this with this story with us for a long time. I'm going to tell you, like, get comfy because here you're about to get your, sli- your, your slice of pie. <laughs> so as this is, I mean, it's over an hour. Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? And he finally says... Why did you do these things? And I'm like, oh boy. And it reminds me of like, we are now full on, like, I am living out the fantasy of a few good men, right? And it's like, he thinks that he is Tom Cruise and he's going to start being like, I want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Like, I'm playing the whole thing yeah. out of my head. And I swear to God, you and I locked eyes and I was like, oh, drop that in. <laughs> Here it comes. He's about to get a big shit sandwich served to him. <laughs> the judge is like, oh, <laughs> even the judge was like, dude, you are not walking yourself into this. Yeah. And I'm going to tell do you want me? Do you want to? You got to tell everybody. So he asks you, I'm not kidding. You, why did you do these things? And would you tell everybody what you did? I said, oh, I'll tell you this is not a yes or no answer and you're not going to like it. And then what did you tell him? I broke down um, bullet pointed in my, I was very proud of my Gemini self. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm Capricorn the shit out of this right now. I broke down bullet point. um, You, I asked you repeatedly if you wanted parenting time, you kept telling me you did not. You abandon your children for this amount of time. I was like, boom, 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 boom. And he was like, no further questions. That's exactly what happened. 
Yep. And honestly, like, I wish you could have been like, I wanted like the Rocky music playing. I wanted, (laughs) yes, because it was finally like, he finally let you answer a question and you did, you look at me like, you are not going to like it. Mm -hmm. And it was bam, 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 bam. And the judge is sitting there like, dude, (laughs) I'm sitting there like, yes, Holly is like, everybody's trying to keep a straight face. And he literally, like, I just saw his shoulders go like, fuck, Mm -hmm. fuck. And yeah. he slithers back to the table Yeah, and you finally are able to come down. Right. Yes. And I saw you, you looked at me and I looked at you and we were both just like, I smiled as I walked back to the, you know, it was fucking epic, Alex. <laughs> it was fucking epic. And I loved it. And I was going to live because in my mind, I'm like, motherfucker totally underestimated you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And after an hour of that piece of shit sitting there being like, yes or no, yes or no, asking you these questions, trying to paint you as everything from a terrible parent, as, as, as an abuser, as you know, the whole thing with like naked parties, imagine folks like an hour you're sitting here. Yes. No. Yes. No. I don't recall. It's an hour. He finally slipped up and says, why? And you were like, and now I'm going to fucking run with that answer. Oh yeah. I remember kind of thinking in my head, your door just swung wide open, run, run through it. Yeah. And you're like the fucking athlete that was like, (laughs) don't give me that chance, dude. (laughs) So as he's sitting back at the table and folks, this is where it gets super fun. Cause you have to imagine we've been waiting for this fucking moment for years. Mm -hmm. Everything's done. It's now closing argument time. Oh, no, no, no. He takes the stand. Yeah. he. T- can I tell that part? Yes, please. Okay. So he now gets to take the stand. He gets to, I don't he know. He calls himself. Calls himself to the stand. My lawyer is like, fuck that shit. I'm not <laughs> saying anything to you at this point. I'm not giving you any more airtime. Um, he tries to take, he brings his binder up with him to the stand. And my lawyer is like, um, objection, obje- your honor. And the, and, and the judge at the time was like looking at some stuff and he kind of looks over and he's like, um, you no, you can't do that. <laughs> you're not allowed to bring notes. You're not allowed to bring notes. It's, I mean, hence like tell the truth, just what you know from the stand. He's like, oh, okay, right. And he closes it and you can see his arms kind of like <laughs> over it. And he's still like looking through his arm, like, and then, and then the judge is like, oh, what are you doing? Once again, you can't do that. And, and, and then he's just like, oh, I just want my kids. He literally, st- he tried to talk for a second and then he, he did, he was like, he broke and was just like, looks at the judge and goes, I just want my kids mm-hmm. and then excuses himself from the stand and goes and sits down. Yeah. Well, just real quick. I want to say, because on the note of testifying in the closing arguments, he tries to start testifying Oh my god! and the judge is like, you're testifying now. You can't do that. So what we're seeing is as soon as you, as soon as you kicked that door open and you were uh-huh. like, here you go, motherfucker, I'm yeah. going to serve it up to you. You piece of shit. Mm -hmm. It's a slow crumble that we start watching. Yeah. So he tries to cheat on the stand. Judge is like, dude, you can't do that. He then is like, I just want my kids. Okay. If that's your testimony of why you think you should strip the rights of the mother of the children, he goes and sits back down and now it's time for the closing arguments. Yeah. This is fucking amazing. Do you want to tell everybody what happens? So he's like, our lawyer is closing. Um, at one point, so he leans over. And he's like, can I ask you a question? She's like, no. 
like he's like unraveling at the at this rapid pace and um and so when he does his like i said he just he tries to start testifying because he has zero clue google lawyer did not prepare him for closing closing statements i have to say though alex when when she was giving her closing argument and he whispers over to her hey hey and like she's literally mid-sentence yeah he leans over hey hey can i ask you can i ask you a question (laughs) and she's like she looked at him was like no and like kept going and i'm like oh my god and now he's just sitting with his mountain of paper in front of him yeah he tried like you said he tries to get up give a closing statement he's again like i just want my kids that's all he can say Mm-hmm. So he's basically a sitting mess. Yes. And it's maybe, maybe at this point, it is now realized, dude, you should have worked with us. You should have stopped these shenanigans because it's decision time. Yeah. The judge comes back. Is that where we're going to go? Yep. Jazz comes back with the ruling and it takes fucking forever. And so I'm kind of, I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I just keep thinking, I go to that energetic space that I do and I'm like, okay, just ride these waves, ride these waves. You're in the boat. Everything that's done is going to be done. You just, you're just going to take in whatever happens. And now, um, so it goes in my favor. Very have like, Decision, incredibly, incredibly, you know, de- decision making uh, goes to me for um, our kid, um, the parenting plan through the schools, through school school year. Um, Time. He's he's told you can only send one message. And he gets a couple extra overnights in the summertime. It's it's one message a week. One message a week. So this is a person who has been sending for years. Yeah. Multiple threatening and abusive messages per day. Yeah. And the judge's exact words were, "Knock it off." Yeah. With the with the filming and that, um, like this is really the kids are old enough now that they see what's happening. Knock, knock it, it off. off is what he says. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all in your favor, but how I got to ask you to go from getting messages multiple times a day, social media messages, all this shit to having someone hold him accountable. Yeah. One message a week. How did you feel the next? I think it was like the next morning I was like, Oh, there's peace and there's silence. Like, this is really great. Did it hit you? Like, well, and then talk about like, cause, cause the biggest thing was the decision-making. How mm-hmm. did you feel? Oh, that was, um, that was really, that was really enormous because I, I kind of like, th- that was the bigger thing for me because it was, uh, it was like my, my, my little kid can, you know, live. Yeah, that 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 she's no longer going to have a parent dangling her health care <laughs> over her head that since the basically the day she came out and the day we left the house that he has been saying to her, even though I mean, like the message has been, you can't be who you are. I will not allow it. And it was like a big old fuck you. Mm-hmm. My my child will live. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of you. Mm-hmm. My child lives because of me. Mm-hmm. So once again, 
Yeah. It was a big moment. It was moment. huge. And then, you know, getting to tell her, like, I mean, I, I just said, Hey, you know, you know, we went to court, we know we went to trial just to let you know, the judge ruled that I kind of, I try to say it very kind of like, you know, objectively the judge ruled that I will be in charge of your yeah. care and her eyes got big and she goes, oh, the dragon is dead. Oh, and I was like, Oh honey. Yep. You, you get to just be, just be, you can be you. And now it's super cool. Cause she's asking like at bedtime, we'll do like little, little, like hangout and stuff. She'll ask, she's just talking about all sorts of stuff that I'm like, this has been in you this entire time. And she goes, yeah, I just never kind of thought that I'd really get to, you know, yeah. Be live, be myself. And I'm like, no child, no child should have to no ever, child feel should that ever have to feel that. Um, just to, cause we're getting to the end here, but just to, to, I mean, everything is in, everything's in your favor. Yes. And he is, you know, basically saying, sitting at the table now, just kind of talking <laughs> and is saying, well, I've lost everything that was important. I lost, <laughs> right. Nobody's no, nobody feels sorry for you. Go home. Um, He's also saying, do you know, I'm going to be the most chill dad and Hey, Alex, you should keep healthcare insurance because that's going to be easier for the kids. Like mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, you just saw this mask go back up, but the trial's over. Mm -hmm. The orders are written. Mm -hmm. You basically won the whole enchilada. He starts schmoozing with the court reporter. The court reporter comes back. We're back. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, like bring some humor, but, but, but I wish we were making this up, <laughs> but he's still sitting with his mountain of papers at his, in front of his desk. You got to picture this folks. He's got his legs out in front of him, like crossed at the ankles, sitting back in a chair with his mountain of evidence. And he's kind of like the court reporter comes over and it's like, almost like everyone's checking to see, is this person actually okay? And so she's kind of being like a little bit like flirty with them. Like, ha ha ha. I didn't just watch that whole thing happen, but yee, I don't know yeah, what's going on. Yeah. And he's just kind of sitting there. Well, and we didn't share, um, that, that he'd been sitting in, a, in trials for, for weeks, preparing, preparing, watching. So that's why he knew her. But, you know, remember folks that the trial just snuck up on him. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so they're kind of like flirting and your lawyer is looking at us like, okay, like, do we actually think he's okay at this point? And we're like, well, we got to leave the courtroom. So we leave the courtroom, we go outside and we're standing in the parking lot. And I need you to describe the last couple moments. So we wait for him to come out. It takes a good, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Comes out, walks to his car that's in the middle of fucking Antarctica somewhere. It's far away it's from everyone far else. Far away from everyone else. Um, we feel it's safe to, once it comes back to fucking safety, we're like, okay, he's at his car. Now we're going to go to our car. Um, <clears throat> leave drive out of the parking lot and he's sitting on a grassy hill in front of his car with his dress shirt off like a t-shirt in his pants just staring off in this space yeah and we drive by we didn't wave no <laughs> but we drive bye girl <laughs> <laughs> but that's how we leave him is yeah. sitting on a fucking grassy knoll mm -hmm. and like in my mind, Alex, you know, when you're in the courtroom, you can't show any emotion, yeah. right? Because it would be very disrespectful to the court, to, to the judge and, and 
you know, but my heart on the inside is just so overwhelmingly like the person that I know you to be right. Mm -hmm. This person that I just watched for over an hour be, it was abusive what he did to you on the stand. Um, you completely fucking slayed him and he knew it. Yeah. And so watching him sit on that, that grassy knoll, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, does he realize now who you are? No. And my guess is probably not. He probably never will. No. Cause, cause it was, you know, a week later when we get the opportunity to, to, to set exchange time, Yeah, I write to confirm date and time. And he uses his one response to once again, verbally abuse me. But he only gets one shot. He only gets it. one shot. So <laughs> you, you better make it good. Better hope you shot your wad that whole time, there, buddy. Right? Gross. Yeah. But, but now yeah. where we are is he cannot he cannot communicate with you more than once a week. Yeah. Um, we go back to court one more time to finalize because it, again, this guy is not paying appropriate child support. Yeah. Um there might we, be a part four. There mm. might be a part four when we get there. But for right now, like it's pretty much over. Yeah. The court was, the judge didn't was like signed the orders. It's done. Yeah. How do you feel today? Um, well, really good. Um, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple. I just feel really good. I feel really good too. Yeah. So folks, like there's your three parts. And I hope, um, I hope if you're out there listening and we have gotten your emails of, of folks that have been listening and following along because they've lived something similar, you know, reach out to us. Yes, please. There's so much information that we didn't even go into, into this of how to navigate these systems. Mm-hmm. Um, do not give up. Yeah. Do not give up. Yeah. Reach out to someone that can help you. If you are going through what we went through of like the, the fear and the intimidation and give me money and I'm going to expose you and all this shit, don't give up, yeah. show up at court, fight, fight for your kids, fight for what your kids need. Um, find supports where you can reach out to Alex and I, we will connect you with supports if we're not the right people to support you. Um, but for now, folks, like we're here and we're okay. We're, you know, we're super queer. We're super (laughs) queer. Yeah. We love you. We love you. So until next time, thank you for listening.